Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 6th of March 2016, entitled A Mother's Faith, and the Bible reading is taken from Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. She laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. Behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Father, we thank you this evening that we have the privilege of having your word before us, your spirit within us. Father, the place that we can come together this evening, the time that has been set aside. And Lord, we pray now over these next moments as we meet together around your word. Please, Lord, speak to our hearts. You know the need of the hour. You know what we need. You know the weaknesses and the failings of each and every one of us, especially your servant that stands in the pulpit. So, Lord, we pray that you, by your power, for all of your glory, would speak to each one. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Well, again, as I wish all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day, I alluded this morning that, you know, sometimes Mother's Day messages can be very challenging and very difficult because Mother's Day can raise all kinds of different feelings within us. For some that have been privileged to have some of those, as we talked about this morning, those godly mothers, then it can bring back a lot of great memories. But of course, for some, we find that thinking of mothers is not the nicest thoughts for them. For some, their mothers that they had that were so dear are no longer with them. We find that there are some that when they think back on their mothers, the Relationships may not have been everything that they ought to have been. We find for some that they maybe had difficult, challenging childhoods that are not the nicest memories for them. We find that for some, motherhood has not been possible, maybe because of physical reasons of their own. We find that as we think upon mothers that, of course, from both sides, whether it's those that become mothers or those that think back on their mothers, sometimes there's positive and negative things. 
But I would remind you of the poet, German poet, Wilhelm Busch's words when he said this. He said, to become a mother is not so difficult. On the other hand, being a mother is very much so. And of course, there's a lot to those words as we think on motherhood. And I would ask, you know, well, if there's all of these possible negative things, why should we even think about Mother's Day? Why should we have any thoughts on it whatsoever? And I would say that just like so many things in life, that the reason many times that the heartaches sometimes come is because something is so important to us. Sometimes the heartaches come the greatest from those that we love the most. And of course, motherhood is something that God himself set up from the very creation of time. It's the way that we know that God meant for it to be. And as we saw this morning, he gives us the perfect idea of what a godly mother should be and how that she should raise her children. We have the instruction book. And so God himself tells us to honor our fathers and our mothers. If I were to ask the question tonight, I'm assured that at least some of you here this evening, if I ask you who has had the greatest influence of anybody else in all the world on your life, and of course, some may come up with some great teacher or some great preacher or somebody that's had a, an impact, but I can assure you that more than any other, a mother's influence is that which runs deepest in so many lives. I'm reminded of the great preacher G. Campbell Morgan. Uh, and of course, when he uh, was somewhere sometime, and I forget now, I think it was about five sons that he had, and they all became preachers as well. But however many that number was, they were asked a question one time when they were all together. Somebody asked one of the sons, who's the greatest preacher out of all of you? And of course, you got all these brothers plus a dad, you know, what are you going to answer? Well, he answered the best answer he probably could. He said, our mother, uh, she was the greatest preacher of all of them. And I want us to think this evening of just the influence that a mother's faith can have. The influence that a mother's faith can have. We find that as we look into our passage before us, I want you to grasp that sometimes when the times are the most difficult, sometimes when things are the most challenging, that's the times that our faith will pull us through. That's the time when our faith will truly shine, when it is being tested the most. And time and time again, as we look back through the centuries of Christianity, not just mothers, but Christians as a whole, it's a time when their faith is tested the most, that they tend to shine the brightest. As we read our passage here from Exodus chapter 2, we're reading about a child. We're reading about what I want us to just grasp this evening is just the influence that a mother's child can have not only upon her child, but upon so, so many more as a result. And of course, we find that to get to the point that we're at here when Moses was being hid there in the bulrushes, we go back to God set aside a nation, the nation of Israel. And of course, we even, the children sing the song sometimes, Father Abraham. He called out Abraham that this nation could be set up. And of course, we have the many things that took place from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But of course, when we get to Jacob, we find that Jacob had 12 sons. But then he had another younger son, Joseph. And of course, we find that 
Those 12 brothers actually sold their youngest brother into slavery. And Joseph was taken into the land of, of Egypt as a slave. Well, Joseph did many things, but he found favor with the king there when he interpreted a dream for him, and he shared with him that there was going to be seven years of plenty. But then following that, there was going to be seven years of drought when things were going to get very, very difficult. The king was so impressed with, with Joseph and what he had done for him that he took him right up to the ranks and promoted him to be prime minister of this nation. He was in a, in a position to where that he had a lot of influence to be able to make sure that the nation of Israel, though at this time uh, uh, they were still in their own, he had a, a way of making sure that they were treated well. God actually used Joseph to save the 12 tribes of Israel when that famine came and there wasn't enough food. And God honored that, and he brought them in, and they were treated well by the king. But in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, There arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. We find that Egypt's policy towards the nation of Israel changed very quickly. The Jews went from being guests in the land to being slaves of Egypt. God prospered the Israelites as they were there, even as they were there as slaves in the Goshen Valley. And we find that their number began to increase, and, and actually Pharaoh began to consider them a threat because though they were telling him that these people were becoming too powerful. So he did a very, 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 what we would look at and consider to be a very evil thing. He ordered the Hebrew midwives to kill every one of the newborn babies when they were being born so that they could not reproduce any more children. And so that was a bad day for the nation of Israel. And you can just even try to begin to comprehend how terrible it would be as a mother to know that when your child was born, that if that was a son that came forth, that his life was going to be immediately taken. Well, Jochebed was the lady that we're reading about here, Moses' mother. And of course, when Moses was born, the Bible tells us that she kept him secret for three months, and that's pretty astounding. Have you ever tried to keep a crying baby a secret? You know, it's just, just when you think that you've got them quiet, they're going to cry out for that, uh, for that next meal or because they've got the wet nappy or whatever, but for three months, but there came the point when she can no longer keep him hid as a secret. So she takes him down to the river, and she builds this little ark there, the bulrushes, and she places this three-month-old baby there in the river in this bulrush. And you say, what does that have to do with a mother's faith? Well, I want to assure you as we look through scriptures that what Jochebed did there was solely by faith. She had faith in her God. Times couldn't get much worse for motherhood when your children are being ripped from your arms and, and destroyed before your own eyes. This mother, by faith, did what she did. I want us to consider just three simple thoughts this evening. First of all, this is a faith that was taught in the past. How do you mean? How do we know that Jochebed had, had this faith taught to her? It was taught to her from childhood. We know that from the very first verse when it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, 
and took to wife a daughter of Levi, both Moses' father and mother from the tribe of Levi. What was the tribe of Levi? They were the ones that were in charge of the ministry. They were the ones that were there, the priests and the Levites. They were the ones that took care of the ministry there in the house of God. So we know that this mother came from a house where that she would have been taught about God from a very, very, very early age. We know that from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, we know that when Paul was writing to young Timothy, we know that he said there, he says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, the faith that was in Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. May I say, first of all, that a mother's faith, this mother had been taught faith from childhood, and when it came to her child, she saw that that faith that was there, she had faith in God. You know, parenthood is something that the Bible teaches us that, that we have a responsibility as parents. He tells us that we are to nurture them, that we are to admonish them, we're to teach them, we're to correct them, we're to bring them up, we're to do all of those things. Well, when this woman bare a son, she had that natural mother's love, but she knew about the order that she was, she was going through one of the greatest times that a woman could ever go through and seeing her child being born into this world, and yet society around her was about to take that child from her. We find that she... Saul, the Bible says here, that he was a goodly child. In other words, he was a healthy child. He was strong. He was healthy. Probably had a good set of, of lungs. We find that she was pleased with him. And, and of course, at the same time, she knew that though he was a goodly child, a healthy child, that if they had the opportunity, they would come and take her away and destroy this child. You know, we find that we live in a society today, and I mentioned it this morning and I'll mention it, and I'll move on. We live in a society today, we can look back and say, well, how in the world could a nation ever condone something like that? But yet we live in nations today that condone the very same thing. Babies are murdered in the mother's womb day after day after day after day. In societies that are supposed to be godly, that are supposed to be Christian by reputation, and yet these babies' lives, and yes, the government itself says it's okay. And those reasons for it being okay keep getting wider and wider and wider, and it becomes easier and easier and easier. But what I want you to recognize first, a mother's faith, the influence that that mother's faith can have begins in childhood. It begins being taught. We find with young Timothy, it was a grandmother that, that passed it on to her daughter, and her daughter passed it on to her son. We find here that in Exodus chapter 2, that here is a mother that's been raised in a godly environment. She's been taught the things of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. She had faith. And when times were desperate, you know, can you really comprehend the amount of faith that it would take to take your three-month-old baby, to put it into a basket, to set it in the river, believing that God is going to take care of him. But that's precisely what she did. We find faith being exercised that way in, in other points of Scripture. 
But faith always begins in the past. Faith is taught. Faith comes from God's Word. Somewhere we have to be taught God's Word before we can learn to trust God and to have faith in God. Today, each and every one of us here, we have somebody along the way, if we have a faith in God today, somebody taught us that faith. And I believe one of the greatest responsibilities that we have as parents one of the greatest responsibilities of motherhood. You got to teach your children all kinds of things. You got to teach them when to speak and when not to speak and when to play and when not to play and how to do this and how to do that. They're, they're totally at your hands. They're totally, completely reliant upon you when they're those small babies. And yet I believe that the most important thing that you can ever teach any child is to have faith in God, to raise them with that faith. Faith that is taught in the past, but faith that is tested in the present. You see, it's what that faith is taught, but it's right now in the times that that faith is put into to practice and is tested. And that's what, when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein as she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. The older that this baby began to grow, the harder it was to keep him a secret. The harder it was to hide him. The harder it was to protect him. She knew that, that sooner or later that he would be discovered, and if he was discovered, that he'd be put to death. So we find that she took him. She built this little ark. She put him in this ark. She took him there by faith, and she placed him there among these bulrushes, there in the river. And she put him there, the Bible says, she laid him in the flags. And, and of course, the Bible doesn't tell us, but we get the impression from reading this passage that somehow Jacob had just must have known what was going to happen. God had given her a piece about all of this. And as she laid them there, she left this sister there to, to keep an eye out, to watch, to see what, what happened to him. We find that as we begin to read on down in the next verses that God in his providence, he provided for Moses in a way that was really so spectacular. Not only did they find him there, but as she was there, it was his own mother that was called upon to be a nurse for him, to raise her own child. She'd had faith to do what God had told her to do. And of course, the Bible teaches us that Moses grew grew into adulthood, and as he was there, we find that uh, he then had some choices to make himself. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 10, Paul was giving some instructions here, and notice what that he says to us, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. So it's well reported of for good works, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work, but the younger widows. And he goes on to show the importance, the importance of motherhood, the importance of, of that mother raising that child there, giving instructions of which the widows themselves would be taken care of in that. I remember 
probably telling you the story before that so many times, even within our church families as we talked this morning, that even when there are those that maybe for whatever reasons, they never have the privilege of bearing natural children. And yet we saw in Scripture this morning how that the older women are instructed to teach the younger women, how that there is that, that position within the church family, that they have a responsibility. And we went through many of the things that, that the Bible shows us there that they are to, to be taught. I remember back to even, even when our own children were first being born and raised up. And in our church, there was a lady that literally just went to be with the Lord not too long ago. But Mrs. Carroll, it was like the nursery, the creche, was her ministry. She loved those children so much, even though they weren't her own children, that she did have natural children of her own. But it was like she took that as her personal responsibility to take those children into that creche and to teach them and to train them and to do her part. She felt this was something that God had gifted her to be able to, to do. And we find that through all those many, many, many years, those children that, that came through there, many of them were taught the faith of this, this lady that loved them that wasn't their natural mother, but she was a mother to them in a spiritual sense. We find that here, this mother's faith was genuinely being tested, a faith that had been taught. It's one thing to be told that God is going to be there, that God is going to provide, that God is going to protect you, but the circumstances that you face in life right now, those are the ones that are going to test that faith. What are you going to do when you face the kind of trials, the kind of testings that this mother did here? Well, I want to show you that when you really, truly, totally trust God, it's absolutely astounding what God will do. Verses 9 and 10, And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. As a result of the faith of Moses' mother, as a result of her trusting the Lord, when times were desperate, when in the natural that there seemed to be no answer, no way around this, she had the joy of being able to watch her child grow. We find that God gave her special circumstances there. She trusted God and she had the privilege of being able to teach and to train this child as he continued to grow. She kept that faith. She had the privilege of seeing him be used of God in a mighty way. The Bible teaches us that Moses came to the point to where he had to, he had to make a choice. He had to choose whose side that he was on. Was he going to be on God's side or was he going to be on the king's side? We find that if we look back into the book of Hebrews, that the Bible teaches us that you say, well, how do you know that all of this was accomplished by faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith, makes it very, very, very clear exactly why that he was put there in the first place and what was the result of that faith being put into practice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid 
of the king's commandment. You see, when we first read the story back in Exodus, we might say, well, we don't know that it was her faith that made her do what she was doing. Maybe it was just bad. Maybe she was worried. Maybe she was just hoping for the best. But no, God tells us that it was by faith that she put that child there, that it was by faith when she saw him as a proper child, as a good child, as a healthy child, she wasn't afraid of the king's commandment because she knew that he was in the care of God. The next verse says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You stop and think, I mean, he was in the court of the king, Pharaoh's daughter. All the wealth, all the riches, all the privilege that goes along. There was not a more important family in the land. He had been adopted into this family. He had been accepted into this family as their child. And yet, the Bible says that when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yes, he had a lot being offered to him at the moment. The influence of a mother's faith. It was a mother's faith that did what God had directed her to do in placing that child there in that river. That faith that was then taught to him as it had been taught to the mother as she taught it to her child by faith. Moses, when he became an adult and had to make that choice himself, he refused to accept being called the king's son or the king's grandson. He chose instead, the Bible says, to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to have that pleasure that he could have for a season. But it doesn't stop there. It says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Esteeming. He thought it's better. It's better to, ref to inherit, to accept all of the reproaches that can come rather than all of the riches that this king could give to me in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Are we really focused upon what this world can have, what this world can give to us? I made the statement this morning. I said not to put anybody on a guilt trip, but as a mom, if you choose to go out and to work instead of to spend that time raising that child, you better think hard. Make sure that you're doing it out of need and not out of greed just so that you can live to a higher standard of comfort in this world because your greatest responsibility in this world is to teach that child, to raise that child, to love your husband and to love your children. It doesn't stop there. Verse 27 says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, the same faith that this mother had when it was passed on to her son, when the choices came, he had the faith to believe and trust in the promises of God, of what God was going to do. And he forsook Egypt, not afraid of what the wrath of the king might be, might be brought upon him. He says, verse 28, through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn 
should touch them through faith. He kept carrying out that which as a child of God that he had been instructed to do by faith. They passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. A lot of things could be said, but all I'm really trying to remind you of this evening is the importance of the influence of a mother's faith, yes, of a father's faith, but I'm speaking specifically to the mothers of teaching that child the truth of God the Word of God, the promises of God, that they, when they grow to childhood, every one of our children, they have to make a choice. We can't make those choices for them. You know, even God himself, the perfect father in the perfect environment, and yet Adam chose sin. That's one of the hardest things as parents many times is when we see our children choose sin over God. But every child has to make that choice. The thing that I would hate to face God with one day is to know that they made that choice because we never taught them the right way. We never taught them to have faith in God. We never taught them the Word of God. And so, therefore, they didn't know that responsibility would fall upon us. The influence. You see, faith has to be taught in the past. It has to be taught whether it's starting as a child if you have that privilege or whatever point in life that you come to know about God, someone teaches you. It can only come. You can't trust God if you don't know God, if you don't know about him. I was talking to someone earlier today. You know, so many times we are guilty of knowing about God, but not knowing God. You know, it's one thing to know all about. I could, I could tell you a lot of things about a lot of famous people in this world simply because you can read about it, you can hear about it, you can know about it in the news, and we can know lots of things about them. But it's very, very different than knowing that person personally. You see, God wants us not just to know about him. He wants us to know him, to have that personal relationship. Faith must be taught before it can be practiced. It must be taught, and the only place it can be taught is from God's Word. But the influence that can have is when the toughest, the very worst of times come, as it did for this mother. We think it's tough sometimes. But she lived in a tough society. She lived in a tough society when all of those male-born sons were being killed, were being destroyed. They would never have the opportunity to grow, but by faith. By faith, by trusting God, by trusting the God that she knew personally, she placed him there, and God worked tremendously. The influence of that mother's faith, what would have happened? You can't answer this question. What would have happened if she hadn't had the faith to place that three-month-old baby there in the bulrushes? Because it was the influence of that mother's faith in putting that into practice. It was the influence of that mother's faith in teaching that child that when he grew, he chose God rather than the things of this world. And then God used him. It was by faith that he was used to lead the entire nation of Israel out of bondage in Egypt and be set free. It was by faith that he led them across on dry land, across the Red Sea, 
when their enemies were swallowed up in the water. It is all the result of a mother's faith. A mother's faith. He used Jochebed. He used her faith to use this man that God, from the time that he was born, God had his hand upon him. But if she hadn't trusted God, then that could have never been carried out through him. God used her, the influence of your faith. You don't know how far-reaching that it might be. Somebody said one time, you may spend your whole life sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, sharing it with people and maybe not seeing a lot of results, not seeing a lot of people come to Christ. Well, how would you have liked to have been that deacon on that snowy morning that stood in the pulpit, pulpit to what he thought was an empty congregation but proclaimed forth the Word of God? And it was a Charles Spurgeon that was maybe hiding under that pulpit back there. Or maybe it was a John Wesley or a George Whitfield. Maybe it was a William Carey. You see, the influence of faith upon one individual, only God knows what he'll do with that individual. Jochebed had no idea what God would eventually do with Moses, but she had the faith to trust God when he was a three-month-old baby, even before that, to keep him safe, to protect him, and then to place him there as she did by faith, the Bible says, by faith, teaching him, seeing him grow, his faith in being put into practice, his faith being used to lead the entire nation of Israel out, which was the promise that God had made from Abraham. He was going to bless the nation of Israel. It happened to be Moses. It happened to be a mother's faith that God used. Mothers, I want to commend you today. You can look around and sometimes you might see that in this world, in this society, that there are these ladies that sometimes the world puts forth as power figures, and maybe they've been really successful in the business world, or maybe they're some famous politician, or they're some famous pop star or, or actress or something, and in the world's eyes, they're such great people. Well, I want to encourage you. They can go their whole lives, and all of their influence can never compare to the influence of a mother's faith that is trusting God. Don't belittle yourself. Don't think that you're taking a second seat. The influence of a mother's faith is something that goes beyond the reaches of man. Trust God. Your children may be small. Your children may be old. You know, sometimes it gets even harder as the children get older because then no longer do you have that ability to take your hands and do something to fix it yourself. You can only trust God. You can only put it in God's hands. But the influence, the influence of your faith upon your children, the influence of your faith upon that child both as a child and in adulthood, only God knows what he will do. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, that on this Mother's Day, we know that even in our presence here this evening, Lord, that we have mothers here that have given natural birth to children in this world. Lord, some of them young and some of them old and at different ages, but Lord, we also have ladies here that maybe have never given natural childbirth. 
but yet they have taken under their wings within the ministry of the church and the Sunday school and the children's church and the creche and all these things to give that mother's love. We know that some children today, we saw this morning that, you know, love is something that we're instructed by God. A godly woman is instructed to love her husband and to love her children. But we know that there are many, many, many children in the world that don't have that love today. Thank you, Lord, that there are godly women that will fill that gap, that will step in there, that will show these children the love that they desire so very much. Lord, I thank you that as we look around the world that so many times that Lord, godly women can be made to feel small in comparison to the success of many in this world. And yet I pray that you would remind these ladies here this evening, these mothers and these godly women, that, Lord, their faith, their faith that is taught to others, their faith that is put into practice, their faith, Lord, can not only be taught, can only be trusted right the way through, but, Lord, it can be testified of forever. Even now, we have the results laid down for us of the results of this mother's faith and what was accomplished down through the years through this one son. So, Father, I pray that you would help the ladies and the men alike here this evening. Help us, Lord. Help us to have a greater faith. Help us to teach that faith to our young Help us to put that faith into practice day by day when it's, when it's tested and when it's tried. Help it, Lord, to be a faith that even after we're dead and gone, it can be testified of because of the influence that it has on others' lives, upon your kingdom. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.